Hello, my name is Gary. And my name's Simon. And welcome to EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On episode three of our podcast today, we'll be talking about mainstream car dealers and how they fail at selling EVs, which I know is quite an emotive topic for quite a lot of uh, people who've been trying to buy one. But first, we'll have a little chat about the new Vauxhall Corsa E. The specs are out at the moment. They look quite tasty. It's got a 50 kilowatt hour battery, uh, 211 miles of range on the WLTP test cycle. Although Vauxhall claims this will be, quote, extendable by 40% in eco mode, suggesting a maximum range of about 295 miles. An 11 kilowatt onboard charger with a company claiming 0-80% rapid charge time in just 30 minutes. Seems quite well specced. What are your thoughts? It sounds amazing, to be honest. I suppose an EV is the last thing I was expecting Vauxhall or General Motors to come out with because they've been pretty quiet of late. If it really has got a 50 kilowatt battery with 211, obviously, theoretical miles of range, that in itself is pretty incredible. But to have it extended by 40% in eco mode, I'm not so convinced about, but, you know, happy to be proved wrong. But it's, it's interesting because... They've been very quiet. They're not the sort of company I'd expect to come out. And to be honest, I'm I'm still at the the kind of opinion that a little bit too late, perhaps. But, you know, there's always room for another EV. Indeed. To me, the key thing for this is going to be the price. It needs to, Mm. I think it needs to undercut something like the Zoe, which was one of the, you know, the one that basically started the low price EV, well, quote unquote, low price EVs off. And they need to make it in large enough quantities to cut down on delivery times. Now, I've just literally two minutes ago seen a figure of £23,000 for that, which is very nice, if true. And I'm not sure whether that's before the grant or after the grant. But there we go. Kind of needs to get below twenty grand, I think. I think for something like that, definitely, because that's the you know that's the small family runaround car, and you don't want mm. to be spending a huge amount on that. Although, having said that, I was in conversation with someone recently, and he said, "Well, you know, how much is a Ford Focus nowadays? What are they? Twelve, thirteen thousand? And we looked it up on the internet, and they're twenty three thousand for a, a reasonable <laughs> price. One of those. So. <laughs> I was thinking about that as well, actually. So yeah, it shows how out of date I am with car prices. Tell me about it, yeah. <laughs> But that all brings us on very nicely to how these things are sold and our main topic for today. Our feature topic is mainstream car dealers and how they go about selling EVs. Obviously, we're not talking about companies like Tesla, who seem to have more or less perfected the EV sales model. We're talking about the established fossil fuel vehicle dealers and how they've managed to alienate pretty much anyone wanting to buy electric cars. Simon, what's your experience with dealers as far as this is concerned? I've heard numerous stories, numerous horror stories. My, I suppose my experience myself with my i3 was relatively painless. And I, I suppose I was expecting a different, a different thing. I'd heard numerous stories before I looked at getting an EV um, of various dealers. One particular one for a, for a Nissan Leaf, the new one. They'd gone in to buy a, 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 new, a new Leaf. The guy was probably of a retirement age. He... He'd read up all his stuff, he'd done all the whole YouTubing sort of research and stuff like that, knew what he wanted, had the money to buy it outright, wanted to buy it. Went into the into the, the dealership, they let him take it out for a test drive, which in itself is a good thing with EVs. You, you're, you're better to get behind the wheel of it and drive it, and I think you'll appreciate it, it more. The scary thing is, though, when he came back and he said, well, what if I need to do long journeys? This one's only got a range of like 140, 150 miles. He goes... Don't worry, if you want to go on a long journey of more than that, come back to us and we can hire you a diesel car for the week. 
that in itself is 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 terrible and and shows the level of experience now with my car it was a little bit different because it was an independent dealer that has a lot of fossil fuel cars and the kind of one or two or three kind of evs they're they're They've noticed and realised that EVs are the future. They're starting to kind of edge them into the into the garage and the forecourts. The guy that uh, uh, dealt with me was a relatively young chap, a new, I suppose, new enough. He wasn't by any means a, a an expert in it and things like that, but he was take it out for a drive. These are the specs. These are the things that I'm being told by BMW, and that was it. So I mean, I'd done my research before which is good but i get a feeling that if you wanted to kind of go beyond that basic knowledge that wouldn't have been there so yeah it seems to be hit and miss certainly between the uh, uh the independents but um more worrying i think it's very very hit and miss with the mainline dealers which you kind of wouldn't expect i think it all comes down as you mentioned there to how much knowledge you have before going into it we'll come back and talk about that in a in a few minutes now my experience trying to buy one was not dissimilar to the instance that you've been talking about i initially contacted a, a local kia dealer to see about test driving a soul and the dealer that i spoke to originally doesn't deal with evs there are only a certain number of dealerships that actually have the quote-unquote license and responsibility and authority to deal with EVs. So they gave me the number of two of these dealers. The first one was 90 minutes away from me and didn't return my call. The next one was a two-hour drive away from me. When I finally got through to them, I told them I wanted to test drive the sole EV. They start asking lots of questions about income and outgoings and stuff like that. And it turns out they wanted me to go and have an initial meeting with them two hours away, remember, so that they could determine whether I was worthy of actually taking a oh, test drive. Then I'd have to come back at a later time and actually do the <laughs> test drive. And it is, it's ridiculous. Obviously, I gave them the boot. I also sent a public tweet to the Kia UK Twitter account and told them what shambles they were and they DM me back, but mm. couldn't do anything about it. In the meantime, I had a colleague of mine wanted to buy the 40 kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf. I popped into the nearest Nissan dealership and not dissimilar to the story you've just recounted there, the salesman seemed to be relatively informed about this. He was quite accommodating and seemed to know his stuff. But he wouldn't actually deal with me directly because as the car that I was looking to help buy was for a colleague of mine who's a taxi driver, that fell under commercial purposes. So it needed to be handled by the commercial division who weren't actually in the office that day. So they called me back a day or two later. We organised to go and see them. When we got there, they weren't ready for the test drive. They were dealing with some last minute head office thing. So we sat for almost 40 minutes waiting for the commercial director to come and speak to us. When he did finally get round to us, very apologetic, but he wanted to give us lots of sales spiel about the vehicle. But I said, you know, we've done our research on this. We know what we're about. We know about the Nissan. We want to take it out for the test drive. But what I don't want to do, I said to him, is do the standard 15 minute pootle around town, do a couple of roundabouts, check out what the regen braking's like. So we, we don't want to do that. I want to replicate an actual situation that my boss, the taxi driver, is going to get into. And I want to take him to the actual charger he's going to be using and physically charge the car up, put some luggage in the back of the car. Didn't want to do that. We got the 15 minute tour and that's it. But he organised that we could borrow the car for a day the following week. And then on the morning of that, he rang us and said, well, the car's not available. Uh, there's been an issue. And he never called back. He lost that sale because my boss then went and bought an ex-demo model from another garage. This, the story that I've recounted, the stories that you've recounted, 
it's indicative of a level of commitment, knowledge and experience that we seem to be getting from the mainstream dealers relating to EVs. And OK, it's purely anecdotal. But as and as the saying goes, your mileage may vary. But these are numerous examples. And there are others that we can point to which seem to mirror this approach from the dealers. And why do we think that is, Simon? Unfortunately, you're, you know, you're not wrong. I think that there is quite a few horror stories out there. You know, in terms of the current business model, they're very much geared around fossil fuel cars. So, uh, you know, the, these businesses, we've got, to, uh, we've got to think these businesses have been dealing with fossil fuel cars, diesel and petrol cars for years. Um, they've clearly probably got a lot of stock. They've got more stock for, from diesel, probably for the... Um, enough to last them a lifetime now uh, because of various uh, obviously issues with diesel gate and, and, and things like that but I find also that the biggest problem as well is that you know it's it's the management flow down so let's take uh, we're kind of picking on Nissan a little bit but Nissan head office know about EVs you know that's very much their push and their focus at the moment yes they sell other uh, Nissan related fossil fuel cars but there's a huge push from Nissan and other dealers when you get down to the lower tiers of the kind of bigger franchises they may have an expert in that um, franchise of maybe one person you'll be lucky to see if they're in on that particular day that you uh, that you're there the other problem you have is that the training for these people so it's like giving a person that's completely IT illiterate a computer to sell it's the same principle um, you know we've always kind of related these things to kind of almost mobile phones you've got to, you've got to understand the technology the same way as a mechanic has to understand his his car and how to fix it and how to service it EVs are very simple when it comes down to it but there's still stuff that you have to learn and understand and unfortunately the training hasn't filtered down to not only the the main dealers but those franchise dealers under nissan that say you know it's nissan of i don't know cardiff or whatever and they're a, a local franchise for them that's probably where you're going to even find even more problems because that training isn't going to filter down to those. And it's almost that local garage needs to find that knowledge themselves. I find it a bit strange that you have these these big companies like Nissan and BMW and people like that, and they've got this big push on EVs, but actually they've, they're not pushing the training as hard as they are the car. And there's a big disjoint in, in those. I've, I even found that with BMW going to a BMW garage for a service it's good and they're they're good if you get the person that knows what they're doing but as soon as you get a person that's that's not i i spoke to a person on the phone to put my service in and the first thing they said was i i asked what was my maintenance plan what does it cover and they said i'll oh, well, use your things spark plugs oil changes stuff like that and i was like you do know what car i'm booking in yeah then and i had to did tell them what it didn't have and that is pure lack of training that's not the person's fault that's taking the phone call it's the management and the structure above them's fault for not giving them the tools to do their job so me as a consumer is the one that doesn't benefit from from that training and it doesn't make me feel to go back to that same garage same can be said for sales okay there's uh, two excellent points that you've made there a number of excellent points you've made there and we'll come back to knowledge in a few moments because we're going to talk about, you know, what we would do to set the world right for traditional dealers. The other factor that's playing into that is resale value. Obviously, we're in a situation now where reselling EVs is something that is starting to happen on a fairly large scale. People who've had three-year, what do you call, PCPs, 
leases, those cars are starting to go back and they're coming onto the second-hand market. But one of the things that's happening is that the prices are starting to increase. And that's good in some ways, and it's bad in the others. What do you think about pricing, Simon? Yeah, I mean, you're right. The prices are increasing. You know, there's a a massive uptake in in these. Uh, Prime example, you know, over the last 12 to 18 months, they've they've dramatically increased. A a typical 24 kilowatt leaf costing, say, £12,000. Last year is now selling for around twelve thousand five hundred. That doesn't seem a lot, but actually, in twelve months, that's that's a lot. Um, you know, even though it's a it's a year old, it this often means that buying a new car can be actually more cost effective. Example being my BMW i3, I paid I think it was twenty two thousand five hundred for that. Now that same car a year later is almost twenty five thousand, the same spec. Nothing's changed on it. The amount of mileage and things like that has has not changed. But my car is actually worth more if you went to buy it off the um, off the forecourt. So I suppose there's various reasons you know for that but yeah it's they're definitely on the uh, the increase in terms of cost so I think even two three years ago you could probably buy a, a very cheap Nissan Leaf for you know six to eight thousand and that was very cheap but now that same car was is near ten or eleven thousand so it's uh yeah certainly on the increase obviously then you've got the situation where you may have somebody who has uh, a desire for an EV but has the choice then of either going to a mainstream dealer and paying full price and maybe not getting the knowledge and service they want or going to somebody who's selling the car for not far off the same price second hand but has two or three or four years of experience of working with that car and understanding it. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Right, so we've talked about some of the problems with traditional dealers trying to sell EVs. So let's have a quick look at potential solutions. Yeah, so, you know, fundamentally, the the issue is knowledge. Um, You know, we we briefly touched on it earlier in terms of whilst EVs are considered new technology, you know, to a lot of people, they they want to be able to get in there, ask questions about the tech. They want to borrow these vehicles uh, and use them for a couple of days. It's the only way. I mean, I've, I've found that. You, you you put somebody you you tell someone about an EV and the first thing is that they bulk up the whole idea of an EV. You put them in an EV and you let them drive it. It's almost a guarantee sell. You know, it's it's kid in a candy store time. You put your foot down and that in itself is you know if you're that kind of person that's after the speed, that in itself sells it. And then you tell them about how much they'll save and things like that, and it's just the icing on the cake. So. It's definitely, uh, my opinion, the way they, they need to sell these cars. Absolutely. And that's why places such as the EVEC in Milton Keynes are so useful. You can borrow an EV there for about £50 all in. And and I mean all in. I went there and I said, how much? They said £50. I said, per day? They said, no, four days, three nights, £50. <laughs> and that's fantastic. They've also got lots of experienced people who drive these things every day and can answer it's all nuts. your questions. <laughs> And sitting with a salesman on a 20-minute ride around your local area, it's not going to be enough for a potential EV owner. You want to head out on a longer journey. You want to try the different methods of recharging. You want to check how the preconditioning works. You want to do your daily commute to see how that actually operates. That's why the EVEC is a little gem. Now, Simon, you've been there, as have I. What what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic place. I mean... um, they, they initially had a, a, a deal um, for two years to be there. It's been extended for another two years. 
that as you mentioned these guys and girls are just so knowledgeable so friendly and so accommodating the fact that you can hire a car for that cheap is insanely good even if you just want to use that for something rather than i'm going to determine to try and buy an ev car that in itself is fantastic the fact that you can take this car out in a real world situation like you were saying you know do a commute do a a shopping go on a longer distance journey for a day uh check out charges and things like that is is absolutely paramount to ev cars um i you know i've got to know uh, quite a few of them they're you know pretty well and and some of them will you know they'll take you down to the ev uh, charging hub in milton Keynes. they'll show you how easy it is they'll swipe the card for you they'll show you how to plug it in And, and those sort of little things if you're a complete newbie to evs are the things that scare you the most it's range how do i plug it in how do i pay for it what happens if i you know run out all all these kind of myth kind of things that we've discussed before but they like you said these guys drive these cars on a daily basis to and from work and they take them out and they've got the knowledge uh, and the good thing is they're completely impartial you know they're they're not there to sell you a car completely there's there's no hard sell they are there to say right here's an ev is a choice of evs go and try them see if you like them if you do fantastic we've done our job if you don't that's okay too you know it's uh, it's completely impartial that's the most amazing thing we need to replicate these things across the country exactly you know linked into this is the fact that a lot of the mainstream dealers are not educating their salespeople properly we've heard numerous anecdotal stories some on this podcast of people going in to look at you know the kona or the hyundai and they come out having been sold the hybrid or the plug-in version because the dealers don't know enough about the electric vehicles to sell them. There's also the ancillary or the additional issue of dealers not really wanting to sell a vehicle that needs lower service costs and longer service intervals. After all, that's where dealerships make a lot of their money. Why would they bet against themselves? Tesla, of course, have dealt with this by putting the whole sales process online. Even if you go and visit a Tesla showroom, and you and I, Simon, we've both been to them, they're fantastic, you can't actually buy a Tesla in there. You have to go online. Is this a model for other manufacturers, at least as far as their EV versions uh, go? Yeah, I mean, the, the the very short answer is yes. It, it's it's 100% the way it will go. Um, it will alienate, unfortunately, a group of people probably at the moment that are, uh, and I, I'll use my words carefully, of a certain age, just because not everyone has a computer at home. Not everyone has an iPad or an iPhone and, and are tech savvy and, 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 you know, do that. I know loads of people that, that aren't like that of a certain age. So there's a, there's a barrier for certain people. It may be that that's not the market that they'll aim for. Certainly Tesla's found, the, you know, Tesla have reduced their, in fact, their, their showrooms. Everything is online. Like you said, if you, if even if you go into a showroom and you've, they are amazing. It's like walking into, if anyone's ever walked into an Apple store, it's exactly the same experience. You, you're greeted, you're shown around the car, you know, you get to kind of play all the buttons. You can go for a test drive and book that. They'll tell you about how the Tesla charging works. They'll get the right kind of suited car and the right spec for you. And then you go online and, and, and you order it like you would a phone or a, you know, a piece of technology or something like that. It's, it's simple. It's slick. It's straightforward. A lot of other manufacturers haven't quite cottoned onto that. However, 
we're starting to see the new ones like the Honda, I think the MG and, and some of the other ones. They've been looking very closely at Tesla and gone, this is the way to go. This is not a traditional sale thing anymore. You know, we, we, we don't have to put these on forecourts. We'll essentially have a showroom that you can go and see the car and you could book a test drive. If you want to buy it, then you either pull up an app or go home and order it online in the comfort of your own home. Volvo were doing exactly the same thing. Well, Polestar, uh, their, their, their new EV. They actually will have a very few flagship stores in big cities, but you can't buy them in the stores. You have to do like Tesla. You, you go and order it online. So it will be the way to go. You'll, you'll go to those to get the knowledge and, and everything else, and you'll likely come away with it going, do you know what? They've sold me. Because almost like a big, again, like an Apple store is that they, they, they are put there to seen as to help you. Even though they are technically salesmen, if you walk into an Apple store, you're going in there for a reason. But actually, while you're there, they make it all nice and shiny enough for you to buy something else. And all the people are very friendly and kind of, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing with your Mac at the moment? Have you tried this as well? And the same will be for, for, for Teslas. You know, they kind of get you into the store to wow you with their technology. And then that then goes a long way to get you to go and buy it. It's not that typical East End salesman that's trying to flog you the latest diesel or petrol car out of the forecourt anymore. Let me throw something in that's maybe a little bit left field, I suppose you could say. Do you see a situation in the future where we have a number of establishments that are designed in a similar way to the EV Experience Centre in Milton Keynes, but Mm. they're not run by any car dealerships, but they're funded by all the dealerships, and they have examples of all the different EVs that you can buy, and you go there, you have a look around, you ask all the questions of the knowledgeable people, you take the cars out for a test drive, you borrow them for a few days, and then when you make the decision to buy, you then go to the individual website for that particular brand of vehicle and you place your order there. Yeah, 100%. In fact, I would suggest that that's probably not too far off. We know that the EV centre in Milton Keynes has got a massive amount of press you know, from various sources, YouTubers, fully charged and, and all the rest of it. It's the model that works and it works for EVs because of the way they approach it, the, not the hard sell. They, it's try before you buy, you know, it's simple as that. And let's face it, if you're spending the sort of money EVs and, and generally a car is, you want to try it before you buy it. Although, don't get wrong, people that have bought Teslas don't always try before they buy. They've stuck the money down and bought it anyway. I, I think that would be, be the perfect situation. Now, unfortunately, there's a knock-on effect to that to obviously the other people that are currently selling that but for a, from an end user and a consumer point of view it makes perfect sense here's an app for this company that you can go in and book your test drive on an app you walk in you go in there you're greeted by a nice friendly person that's really knowledgeable you you go out for a day two days whatever it is you bring it back and on that same app you go you know what i really like that i'm going to put a deposit down and it's delivered to your door from the manufacturer that is the ideal world for me because I've never liked salesmen like in terms of car salesmen I generally will do a bit of research before I go and buy a car more so I've done for for an EV I don't like the hard sell I don't like people trying to sell me something that either I don't want or oh have you seen this have you seen that oh this has got it's like no I kind of know what I want now I'm not I'm not the general sort of person there will be people that won't do the research and go in but if you've got a place like that give them the people that are knowledgeable that are not the hard salesmen, you generally will get a better sale from somebody that wants to improve your life 
of what you want to buy from somebody trying to flog you something because it makes them more money. I totally agree. And I think I want to say a little bit about how I actually bought my car because that's what I did. I spoke to a company, which in this case was called um, Drive Electric, who are a company that deal purely with electric vehicles. I spoke with a lovely woman on the phone. We had a couple of conversations, a couple of emails. We went back and forth on a particular lease price that I was after. We came to an agreement. I signed all the documents electronically. And two or three weeks later, a flatbed truck arrived in my front drive and my brand new EV nice. was on the back of it. And it was completely <laughs> seamless. It was absolutely the way to go forward. Now, I know uh, I've talked about you know Drive Electric, but there are other companies out yes. there that do the same sort of thing. Um, what's the uh, other one? There's just just EVs as well. That uh, yeah, that's absolutely yeah, just EVs. So there are you know we we've talked about some of the bad companies out there, also the companies that do the bad things. But it is worth remembering that there are companies that specialize in this type of purchase, and you can do it online, you can do it uh, over the phone, and in conjunction with someone like the. EV Centre in Milton Keynes, that's that's ideally the best model to have. Yeah, indeed. Uh, likewise, I think, you know, uh, future cards for me, if it's not through online from a manufacturer, I would certainly consider, certainly for second-hand cars, using those sort of things that, you know, they know how to sell, give you the experience of, of an EV. It's, uh, it's definitely the way to go. So, to summarise... Current mainstream dealer attitudes towards EVs are a factor inhibiting sales of EVs. The fact that VW took such a large number of pre-orders for their ID range announced recently indicates that there's absolutely a demand for them. Better training, more knowledgeable staff and more places for people to actually sit and try these vehicles for a couple of days are key to helping increase sales. So let's wrap it up by seeing if there's some cool EV or renewable thing that you've come across that we can share with our listeners. My my one is something that I come across uh, yesterday was shared by a, uh, a Dover chap on, on, on Twitter and it was from the Teslas or I, I should say um, Elon Musk's Boring Company. People that don't know the Boring Company, they are basically a tunneling company i suppose of a better better phrase and their their initial project is to build a tunnel under the streets of la to take away congestion essentially and the way this works is your car will essentially drive into almost a sled it'll go down a lift it'll go into a, a tunnel you'll be shot along this tunnel at ridiculous speeds using the autopilot within the tesla car you'll come at the other side at the other side of the city and away you go completely alleviating all the congestion that we've currently got and this video that i've seen is amazing and we'll put a link in the uh, in the details but essentially they do a race of a car traveling through la traffic at peak time and a car in the now built tunnel under the streets of la just blows my mind everything that kind of elon musk does that he goes do you know what i'm going to try this and see if it works it just the you know anyone should really watch this video it's just it's hilarious but very very true and you know if if these things do succeed then we're going to see more and more of these uh things as well as the passenger side of things without the car you know in a kind of bubble shuttle type thing that shoot off in into tunnels um just like a, a i suppose an underground on speed <laughs> my cool thing is the new ionity 350 kilowatt charges that have just been installed in maidstone the first four rapid charges have been opened on a motor fuel group forecourt and are of course CDS only. I know that you, Simon, have also seen works underway at the Milton Keynes Charging Hub, 
and another presumably four are there? Yeah, I think so. I was there today and um, it looked like four sections of concrete uh, on, on the floor. So I would assume so. At the moment, obviously, there are very few cars on the road that can take the full 350 kilowatt charge, but any vehicle that can accept more than 50 kilowatts on CCS should be able to connect and see if they get a higher rate than usual. What I can't seem to find out at the moment is what the charging um, cost is for that. Uh, neither ZapMap or PlugShare are showing any details on these, although I have heard mm. anecdotally that it will be a fixed price of £8. Not confirmed. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I honestly found it in 2017 is a joint venture between Daimler, Ford, BMW and the Volkswagen Group with Audi and Porsche. It also has plans to install 400 stations across Europe by 2020, housing up to 2,400 chargers and enabling pan-European travel with a focus on ultra-fast charging times and convenient motorway locations, which is nice. And that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact us, Simon is at... I'm at the EV side on Twitter and YouTube for all things crazy and electric. And I'm the real Gary C on Twitter. If you're wanting a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it makes us feel loved and helps us know we're not shouting into the void here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.